0: Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, the Reese Incarnate, Bach Lesnar. And today we're going to talk Chiefs football. We're going to talk about some DeAndre Hopkins hot take rumors, along with some hot takes on OTAs. So maybe not a lot of stuff to talk about today, but hey, there's still news in Chiefs land and we want to bring that to you today. But first, today is memorial day so we want to honor our veterans and honor those that have um that have died in action uh for the united states so we want to uh give them some recognition as well on this memorial day weekend reese did you do anything today for memorial day um maybe maybe it's a little barbecue or anything like that
1: you know so noelle and i were in omaha for a wedding most of the weekend we got back uh late yesterday for that so this morning we basically picked up bowie from doggy daycare because he was camping out there for two days uh, then Camp. How did how did Bowie do? Uh, as the camp counselors say, we said, "Well, how, how did he do?" They "Oh, he did fine." You know, he's Bowie. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's about all he needs to be said. I think I told you about the time he started a gang at Doggy Daycare, right? <laughs> no. So, I mean, when 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 you guys
0: came to visit in October, I know that you guys were watching that watching that video like
1: a hawk. Yeah, But uh, no gang was formed at that point. So we were told about this this is about a month or two ago that, so when we came to pick him up one day, uh, when the camp, like the camp counselor, as they call, it's called camp bow out. When the camp counselor came to take Bowie out of the crate, like, all or not the crate, the playpen with all these other dogs. Like five other dogs had been playing with him, like bum rushed the camp counselor to like keep him away from Bowie. And then when he finally did get Bowie through the door, they all like bum rushed after Bowie through the door. So there were like five or six dogs roaming the the closed off hallway between all the different sized dog playpens in the main area. And we're like, man, this is taking forever. Like. just you know normally just go back bring back bowie it's 30 to 45 seconds but it was like Bowie's in like federal
0: penitentiary
1: camp bow wow basically like three minutes later they're like yeah your dog started a gang so (laughs) yeah so he did fine all is to say he did fine over the weekend and yeah just the rest of the day we just kind of laid low took care of some laundry ran some errands and yeah
0: nice dude nice um Let's see what happened. Today we actually we went over to my in-laws. That was nice. Had some burgers um kind of chilled we go to Cincinnati in a couple days it's a 37 day trip man wait we're 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 buckling up 37 day or 37 hour sorry it's a 37 day um gig oh, in Cincinnati okay so, yeah we're splitting it up for like three or four days obviously we're gonna spend some time in KC for a couple days with you guys um and then we'll do in Indiana and then we'll go to Cincinnati gotcha but yeah just getting everything ready for that and then yeah it's our first it's our first trip to together on a like the entire time like obviously like logan's came and seen some shows but to stay the entire time and then obviously having a baby it's all new man that is like the griswold griswold adventure over here are you bringing nelly with you no actually we're gonna leave nelly here we're leaving nelly at the in-laws so nice that'll be that'll be nice because that'll be one less thing to think about because we got the eight hour trip with theo to kansas city and and Justin is is Logan actually. Hey Logan, get over here. Oh, in I'm studio. Think of a name for instead it's, of
1: the Griswold whatever they the Contreras.
0: So it's the Griswold, what is it called? National Lampoon. Griswold
1: Family
0: Vacation. National Lampoon or Griswold Family Vacation. This one is the Contreras Crazy Catastrophe Caravan. There yeah. you go. I like that. Yeah,
1: Caravan you know it's caravanning. it's just us.
0: Logan, how are you feeling for your thirty-seven day trip?
1: I'm not sure I processed it yet. (laughs) That's gonna be great.
0: Anything, anything fun you want to do in Cincinnati? Like go see the Bengals Stadium? Boo. Yes. No, you're supposed to say "screw the Bengals." Screw the Bengals. There we go. Yeah, good answer, dude. Number one friend of the podcast. The band. She said the band, the Bengals, was great. I don't know who that is.
1: They do walk like an Egyptian. The Bengals.
0: Reese are you familiar with this is that the bangles or the bangles with an a is it the bangles or the bangles
1: the bangles really Bangles.
0: she says bangles long
1: a (laughs) all right well I'll have to look that that up I know the song but I, I didn't know the band name I couldn't have told you that he's he's very surprised
0: as as am I I don't know what walk like an Egyptian is
1: walk like an Egyptian yeah um hold on let's walk like an Egyptian and then see the on the street oh that
0: sounds familiar oh yeah totally all the
1: kids say
0: and that was private recital from Hot Take Mondo Mrs. Mrs. Hot Take Mondo Logan I'm my own person She's her own person, so Dude. come up with your nickname so we can say it. If you want to hear more from Logan and her private recitals um, on on the on the bangle, bangles,
1: Reese, where where can they donate on Patreon? Dude, if you want more podcast karaoke like we just heard, you gotta check out patreon dot com backslash fcsm to get outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive mini-series, including Speedy and Angry, our 10-part in-depth deep dive into the Fast and Furious franchise. Keep your eyes out, Patreon subscribers, for the review of Fast X coming to Patreon near you very soon. But if you just want to be our friend and follow us on Instagram, you can check us out at Fountain City SM, where you can get previews of every week's episode and as well as spicy memes summing up every week's episode. So, patreon.com backslash FCSM and Instagram at Fountain City SM.
0: All right. Thank you, Reese. So, today we're going to break it up a little bit different, um, a little differently differently that's a word yeah Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do the beer review first since we don't have a ton of content today we're going to do a beer review right now and maybe some of you maybe some of you just listen to the beginning of the podcast and you're like alright I listened to what I needed to they listen to the greatest hits so this might be one of your first times listening to the beer review so we're excited because Reese has a great beer for us today Reese what are you going to be reviewing to start the podcast?
1: Alrighty I hope you guys like stories so as I mentioned I was in omaha <laughs> this last weekend and as i mentioned before i have a bit of a thing with new Glarus spotted cow a little bit of a feud if you would and uh, at this wedding the open bar was pouring either miller light or sam adams boston lager on draft so obviously i'm getting the boston lager yeah yeah honestly i think i could say hot take boston lager is better than spotted cow Whoa! Yes, and I say that because they, I know they're both two kind of like quote unquote domestic beers. I know oh, one's a lager and one's an ale. Yeah, it's but like,
0: Sam Adams so readily available. Spotted cow's not
1: exactly. So, guys, I'm so sorry. Stop hyping up Spotted Cow. Now, the backside of that is Wisconsin doctor's sister was also in town for the wedding. And she said, is there anything you guys want me to bring you from Madison? And I said, well, you know, any new Glarus beer you can bring down would just be great, you know, because I can't get it anywhere outside of Wisconsin. So she brought me Moon Man, which I've had before reviewed on this podcast. You know, it's a solid pale ale, very good sandwich beer. But she mm-hmm. also brought me Road Slush Stout. So it's a uh, hazy, sour stout. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, I'm going to read this here really quick. Is it really called Road Slush? It's called Road Slush. And are you also reading this with a flashlight? Well, so this is going to go against Stonk's drinkability question. They always have these great, like, (laughs) paragraphs on the sides of their beers. But whoever does their designing, they always have, like, low contrasting letters compared to the background. So it's like the background label is this kind of ombre hue of, like, orange into cream into orange. Like, kind of shading like that. And... The letters are very small typeface in orange font, so like it's hard, if not impossible, like to blended read. Blended with the background, exactly. So here's what they have to say about
0: the spear. Reese is literally flashing a flashlight on the label in in a in a highly lighted room. By the way, like like he's not in
1: the dark right now. So this is this is not this is not great. Yeah. Keep going, Reese. Yeah. So I need you can say okay, boomer, but it's just like no, this is not great color combinations here. <laughs> Uh, This dark stout is a hearty and satisfying reward for those of us who embrace the frozen tundra. Malted oats give this stout a sink into its smoothness that slides you into its depth. Fresh handcrafted chocolate and victory malts from Manitowoc, Wisconsin combine to balance this robust ale. Expect this ale to pour a luxurious head over a rich black ruby body. The powerful malt bouquet will greet you as you tip this silky smoothness from your glass. Our oatmeal stout is handcrafted in the time-honored traditions. Serve just below room temperature and relax. Road construction season will soon return. Mondo, you ever lived anywhere up north during the winter time? Nope. Yeah. Well, I guess Cleveland
0: for four years, but that was in college. Cleveland counts. Cleveland counts. So you know how it just like it's cold as hell. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's cold. It's slushy. It's gross and just yeah. The the joke is always there's four seasons. No, what is it? There's three seasons. There's there's fall. There's winter. And there's road construction. <laughs> anyway
0: well i didn't know uh wisconsin had a lot of road construction oh yeah but uh, reese is about to have some sludge for us and i i can't wait for no slush is what they road slush road slush baby oatmeal stout which is interesting because if like you don't know the area a slush would be very much a sour as as reese joked about so I don't know if that lands for me right now, but hey, I'm not reviewing it. So for those of you that uh, this is the first time listening, we have a few categories. We've actually trimmed it down uh, slightly and I, I might be uh, missing or or adding too much. So we'll see how it goes. But um, the first category is always flavor flavor nope (laughs) (laughs) nope sorry (laughs) my 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 brother just texted me right when I was saying that he said sit sit the starters this game is over so I think the heat I think the heat are winning thank heavens so it's definitely not flavor um the first category is appearance Reese tell us what this slush
1: looks like yeah as Armando mentioned this isn't a slushy sour it's just kind of you know it's the last out of the season it's memorial day last call for dark beers uh i'm not seeing a ruby colored beer the way that they mentioned on the label this looks very chocolatey maybe a little bit of translucence there at the bottom but not a whole bunch the head i'm actually seeing the ruby on my side honestly really
0: like through the the other edge of the glass So if you look at the beer through my lens
1: interesting oh i see it now yeah looks, I'll, I'll look at yeah if I'm looking at like my camera square on the video chat yeah through me up yep. okay I'll give him half credit on that
0: it's got a very f- but still no one no one should test their
1: beers based on their friends Google meet <laughs> video no. and you also shouldn't be shining <laughs> flashlights on your beer because light is the biggest enemy of beer there is so I probably already like quadruple skunk to this uh, yeah nice foamy head fairly uniform a few big, bigger bubbles in the middle of it um um, um, a bit of a tan head kind of a khaki colored it looks very drinkable yeah i'm going to say appearance on this oatmeal stout it looks light which is nice for a stout sometimes so why not a uh, 7.9 all right 7.9 uh reese let's do aroma
0: now give that a sniff and let us know what you're smelling on that road slush
1: a lot of toasted malts on this bad boy (laughs) definitely getting a lot of coffee on the nose Dark chocolate's also coming out to play. A little bit of vanilla, but not a crazy amount. So, um, I think it smells good. This smells like a beer I want to drink. I'm gonna give this an eight point four on aroma. All right, eight point four.
0: Um, and then we have the the we have the category that I accidentally talked about to begin the pod we have flavor Reese take a nice sip of that beer let us know uh, you said you you smelled a lot of chocolatiness and not a lot of vanilla does it taste the same
1: ooh that's a nice roasty toasty boy ladies and gentlemen uh, wow yeah it tastes like coffee in a good way like a black cup of coffee a little bit of dark chocolate notes there getting a little bit of hot bitterness on the side of the tongue Hmm. road slush baby Yeah, that tastes delicious. I'm getting a lot of dark chocolate, and they're now like dark chocolate chips. Definitely getting that. Yeah, the malt's really coming out more in the second sip, even though it was in the first sip. This is really good. Oatmeal stouts can be a little underwhelming and a bit of a grab bag. This is another one they're killing. Flavor on this is a 9.1. Holy moly. New
0: Glarus is back in the new glasses of Reese. Yeah
1: yes 100 percent new day although i think you've had those glasses for quite some time oh yes this is my old pair of bowie's chomped on this is my rummaging around pair nice looks great
0: thank you great great look um all right well that is a very high remark for reese so that's that's awesome how about um how about mouthfeel
1: we're still doing mouthfeel how's mouthfeel doing on that i gotta say all right i like that they explicitly talk about how this is still an ale like a lot of people don't realize that stouts fall under the categories of ales yeah they're just basically super dark malted specialty malted roasty malted ales so i have to say the mouthfeel this is nice because it isn't too dissimilar from drinking something like i mentioned like a boston lager or a, a spotted cow Uh, It's got a bit of effervescence in there, which is nice to help, you know, kind of cut through some of the roasty toasty notes in there. I think they really nailed the mouthfeel on this one, so I'm going to give it a 9.1 again on mouthfeel. Oh, whoa. Mm -hmm. Two consecutive
0: nines. Yeah, we've talked about that before with, like, me as well. Um, I kind of think of the stouts and, like, the heavy like Oktoberfest beers that Bierstadt makes. The reason why they taste so good and why they stand out in the market is because they still have the lightness of a Pilsner and a lager. And that really goes a long way. Like if you can, not that we're wanting to like slam stouts, but if the consistency is so light, it, it's even more attractive. So totally agree with you there. Yeah. Um, all right. Last but not least, our stonks drinkability quotient. Reese, how awesome is this beer? Um, I know that you're going to have some minus points for Gryffindor Ch- for the label, but um, any other redeeming qualities?
1: Yeah. So if we're going to take all this beer into account here, like I said, right out of the, the, the gate, the label does not instill me with confidence here just because I like the texture of it. It's kind of a textured paper, but... The fact that I could not read this label and I had to have a flashlight on it's not a good sign, but the beer on the inside, again, this is up there with that two women Hellas that I had from them in that they, they either seem to be very meh with their beers or they seem to do something really, really well, and this is a category that falls into something really, really well. I like the fact that, like I mentioned, this is still an ale technically, and it drinks like an ale, but it has all those roasty, delicious notes you want in a darker beer like a porter or a stout. I think this is incredibly drinkable, so that part of the drinkability quotient is 100% there. As I mentioned the last day of the year to drink dark beer because it's it was like 86 degrees here and very humid, and it's getting too hot to drink mm-hmm. these. But in my nice air-conditioned studio right now, this is the perfect beer that's hitting. I want to drink a bunch more of these. So drinkability quotient, we're going to give this a uh, 8.8, a very good outing Ooh. from New Glorious. Reese, where does
0: this, um, on stouts that we've reviewed... Maybe not all time stouts, but at least stuff we've reviewed on the podcast. Are we looking at top five here?
1: I wouldn't go that far. Uh, this is a this is a Donovan McNabb type beer. You know, still high praise. Still high <laughs> praise. You know, like a great ten year career, like ten or 11, 12 year career. Uh, probably like a B plus to very low A minus in their best seasons. You know, this isn't going to be hanging up there with some like the all-time adjunct Imperial Stouts we've had. Uh, But, again, this is a wonderful Honda Accord showing of what a midsize sedan should look, function, and feel like in this beer.
0: All right. Hey, solid. So, um, and remind me, New Glarus, they could only get it in Wisconsin, right? There's no place in Missouri that someone can grab this. There's
1: no place in the country you can grab it outside of Wisconsin. And I think that adds to a bit of their so cult Reese, of personality. So Reese is the Kansas City plug then. Yeah, my, my sister is, you know, she's not... I, I can I can't stress this enough. She's not peddling drugs. She's you know across state lines. She's peddling Wisconsin beer to me across <laughs> state lines. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> I know you because technically she could. So that's very good that you laid that out. Yes, she is not that kind or. of doctor. Leave her alone,
0: <laughs> or else she might end up in federal penitentiary with uh, with Bowie.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Bowie, you know his gang warfare stuff. No, uh, new glare we'll, is weird because I think we'll, new glare will break you out of jail. I think New Glarus is actually like the eleventh biggest craft brewery in the country, but they just don't distribute outside really? Wisconsin.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there. I mean, we can. We got time. We can talk about this. I mean, there is something to be said for scarcity and how that relates to lore. Yep. Right. Yep. So, I mean, if they, you know, I don't know even though it's the 11th biggest, I would be curious to see what their finances are. And if they say, look, we don't need to expand. And the reason why we're so successful is the scarcity of our product. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. And it would be curious if this was macro accessible, would they
1: still have record sales? You know what I mean? That's a good point. On the flip side, you build up too much of a hype and too much lore with something like Spotted Cow, and you give it to somebody, it turns out it's not worth the hype. It paints your brewery in a bad light, my friend.
0: <laughs> then Reese goes on a negative campaign on Fantasy Sports Media
1: for the rest of his life. Exactly. But no, you, you, you have a point there about kind of creating your own demand by not distributing, because the flip side of that is the, t- the story of Tallgrass Brewing out of Wichita, and that for a while there, they actually weren't producing... They were, how do I put this? They were actually producing a volume of beer that was actually kind of in the neighborhood of Boulevard. I think at one point, really? they, they were doing something like 180,000 brewer barrels a year. i never even heard of tall grass brewing. Have you had an 8-bit pale ale, buffalo sweat, oh, anything like that? Yeah, yeah, It's it's those guys.
0: I've had 8-bit.
1: Yeah. So, But they got so big in their distro that they expanded too big too quick, and they almost went bankrupt. So mm. they wound up, I think, they opened a big brewing taproom, which I've heard is super dope. That stayed open, and for a long while, between I think like 2016 to like 2021 or something like that, they only sold beer out of that tap room until I think somebody came and bought them essentially for their names and their beers so they could do more distro again, but it's like Mm. much smaller scope than it was.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I guess we we would have to have someone from New Glarus on to kind of see see why that's a tactic because it's definitely not because they don't have the resources like you can get any any micro brewery can produce a beer and ship it across line you know state lines and still make a considerable profit Mm -hmm. so i bet it's not because of that i think i think they're trying to raise the scarcity in order for lure but hey if they're still afloat and reese is the only one thus far that doesn't like spotted cow then I, i i think they're i think they're okay
1: Dude, they're gonna catch these hooves if they're not careful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Reese is gonna move his way out of the beer review, uh, back into talking about Kansas City. So uh, our Kansas City Chiefs. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be right back. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back from Reese's beer review of New Glarus Road Slush Stout. Uh, Did I say all that right? Yeah, Yeah. man. Road And Reese had a lot of great things to say, and uh, those of you that follow the podcast know that Reese is uh, quite the stickler on New Glarus. But today, he breaks bread with New Glarus, so when you're up in Wisconsin, check that out. Bring some back. Be the Kansas City plug with Reese.
1: Yeah, man, New Glarus is, like, too good to hate. They're like the show Wilfred, it seems that... Did you ever watch Wilfred with, uh... No, like, maybe
0: one episode with, uh, Frodo?
1: Yeah, it's such a love-hate show, because it would be, like, a cycle where every three episodes, or every four episodes, like, two and a half, I'd start, like, losing interest, and, in, like, the third or fourth episode be good and get my attention again. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try this one more time, and, you know, suddenly you're two seasons deep on it, but... yeah that's that's a new glare every time I think they're out they just bring me back in that was like that was like true blood for me oh
0: I didn't see true blood I mean it's just like not good (laughs) but there's a couple good episodes and like the the scarred guy is great yeah um but man it's a that's a bad show yeah I, <laughs> and for some reason Logan and i watched every single season with like five seasons of it and we normally watch like solid shows like we we try to really invest in like good good tv we just finished Su- succession i don't know if you watched that mm-mm. i've not seen it oh great dude honestly one of the best shows of television they had their season finale last night dang epic really won't spoil it for you so you can watch all four or five seasons they, were, they wrapped it up. It was very, very good. Are you up to date on Barry? Yep. We just watched the season, season finale today. I
1: have not seen it. I'm uh, I'm two or three episodes behind still. Ooh, okay. Yeah.
0: Won't tell you. Good. Very good. Um, But I won't say anything. Cool. Appreciate it very much. Thank when you. you watch it, let me know, and then we can talk about it, and then we'll, we'll do some spoilers on the pod. Yeah, to spoil everything. Speaking about spoilers on the pod, let's talk about OTAs uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, because we're going to spoil... The uh, no, actually, no, sorry. We're talking about DeAndre Hopkins first, the, which will lead us into the wide receiver room um, at OTAs, which seems to be ramping up. It seems to be um getting pretty, pretty stuffy in that room. So let's make it even stuffier. Recent. Let's sign DeAndre Hopkins. Good. Good for you. All right. Next topic.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, OK, so the question is, A, do you want DeAndre Hopkins and B, do you think realistically we could sign DeAndre Hopkins if so?
0: yeah so i mean yes i do want deandre hopkins i think anytime that we can add to the wide receiver room in a you know extreme way in an extremely successful way then i think it's a no-brainer i also don't believe the Tyreek Hill arguments and saying, well, Patrick Mahomes is just going to spam DeAndre Hopkins and our offense is going to be predictable. Like, no, no, no. Like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have learned from the like Tyreek Hill experiment where we're just like Tyreek Hills out there somewhere Obviously, that came and bit us in the butt. Where I feel like last year we were so successful spreading the ball around that it would just be a plug and play for DeAndre Hopkins. He wouldn't be the you know he's he's getting older. Not that I don't think he has any injuries from this year, but has injuries from previous years. Like I don't think he would be the featured guy. And that it would still be Travis Kelsey in that offense. It would just be an incredibly the shiniest of toys for Patrick Mahomes, which I think would be great. Um, You're second uh, question is I think we could pay him now we would have to pay him the least amount of all the all the all the suitors right we'd have to pay him less than the Browns and probably have to pay him less than the Bills Um, but if we if we restructure Chris Jones's um, salary and and restructure his contract there's a possibility that Kansas uh, the Kansas City is going to have up to 16 million dollars to spend still and not that we give them all 16 million but if, if if there is a way. Uh, is if there is a way to give them? I don't know because o- OBJ got eight mil, nine mil from. Or am I way off? He got a, It was a base. I
1: believe he got a base of fifteen with incentives that can make it up to eighteen. It was oh, a okay. Lot. I was way off. Never mind. That's no, okay. Because
0: if we can do like. I mean, if we can do like eight mil, seven to eight mil, and like put some incentives or some cash incentive, I think that it could work out. Um, but all to say, realistically, I don't think it works just because of, you know, other moves that we still might have to make. Uh, we won't talk about on this pod, but could we bring back Frank Clark? It's a possibility. Should we shore up that defensive line more than we should shore up this wide receiver room? Yes, I think so. So I think that there's bigger needs it would just be great to have deandre hopkins and it would be even better to slash a deandre hopkins bills deal because i do not want to see deandre hopkins on the bills and that's looking like they're the competitors what do you think reese
1: hmm question a do i want deandre hopkins i don't think deandre hopkins is gonna kill our chemistry or anything i think he still has high upside, but I don't think he's like a top 15 wide receiver in the league anymore. I think mm. he's he's a veteran who has a lot of skills that I think will age well. because He's never really been an athleticism-centered wide receiver. He can go up and get it, but it's because sure. he's got good high-pointing skills. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'd be interested in DeAndre Hopkins, but only if it was like a... a again, like Juju's deal last year, like a one-year deal... Where it's eight or nine million, you know, maybe some incentives that he can reach to bring that number up to like eleven or twelve million. I definitely wouldn't want to sign a multi-year. I think he's over the hill in those regards, and he's not worth being paid like a superstar anymore. Uh, but it's so hard because I keep going back and forth on our wide receiver room depth-wise because I just feel like. You know, we're just an injury or two away from having no depth in the wide receiver room when you look at it or like a whole bunch of lottery tickets. Because like, yes, yeah. yes, Kadarius Tony showed a lot of flashes and I think he sells a ton of upside, but he does have an injury bug. Marquez Valdez Scantling does show up like once every six games, but <laughs> you can't have him be your, you know, undisputed wide receiver one. And then Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice still have a lot of question marks around them. So I, I think, yeah, if you can get them for a good price on a good contract for one year, and just buy another year for some of your dudes to get healthy, or maybe draft another wide receiver in the draft next year, yeah, why not? Let's we'll see. Yeah, and I, actually, one thing to
0: point out: last year, it was great to see DeAndre Hopkins produce. Because he didn't have Kyler Murray for most of the year. That was that was Colt McCoy throwing the ball. Yeah, it was. And DeAndre Hopkins was still I mean, I think he was putting up top fifteen numbers with DeAndre uh, with Colt McCoy at least fantasy. I know that for sure. And like yardage, um, I just don't know about yak and other things like that when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins. But like on the eye test, he still looked great, and like Colt McCoy looked awful. Actually, I will say Colt McCoy looked okay. Like he definitely knew the playbook. He definitely like knew his mission, and it didn't make a ton of mistakes. He just. He just got sacked like forty thousand times. Yeah, dude. Uh, but anyway, that's another point. I digress. But if, but if if DeAndre Hopkins can cook with Colt McCoy last year, still, I think you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes and DeAndre Hopkins can be something very special. Hot take: it could it could rival Tom Brady and Randy Moss. Oh, I knew you were I mean, going to say that. Can be something that special. Um, but again, there's so much risk there. I just don't think we do the deal because we don't necessarily need to do that deal. And and the funny thing is, the reason why I would want to do the deal is not even for this team. It's just so that the Bills don't have you know Hopkins and Diggs on either side for Josh Allen. Um, So yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, but I really think that the that Brett Veach wants to like we we wouldn't hear about these Chiefs rumors still because we know that the Chiefs talk to deandre hopkins directly when he was still with the cardinals and they already knew at that point that he was going to be too much money so i feel like we wouldn't hear chief's rumors after the fact right it would just have been squandered but the fact that like these rumors are still alive maybe brett and you know deandre hopkins agent are still talking and trying to make a deal that's that's promising so we'll stay tuned there huh
1: You know, I said my last thing on this is that you said, you know, all I want to do is play with a top quarterback who's on a championship contender that has a fantastic defense. I'm not asking for a whole bunch. It's like, well, you kind of are. But anytime somebody says that, they 100% will go to a crappy team that will give them the bag. That's just like, that's the code for Sean Watson. Yeah, it's like getting, it's like friend zoning good teams at that point. You're like, no, I want to go to, yeah, I want to go to the Browns and just like you know, they'll pay me $20 million a year to be nine or be nine and eight, you know, with them. So
0: although I wouldn't be
1: surprised
0: if um, DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Browns and this like ignites this Deshaun Watson like resurrection, I I honestly think that is still in the realm of possibility Especially because Amari Cooper is there and you know Nick Chubb is still very good, and who knows what the heck's going to happen with Kareem Hunt. But if you know Kareem's forced to go back there, I was already saying the Browns were good last year, and I was definitely wrong. I'll take a cold snack take back on that, but um, man, I think that it's in the realm of possibility that if he signs with them,
1: they can cook. Sorry, Noel's AirPods connected to my computer during your soliloquy there. Nice. So I'm just like. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what is she listening to? I, I couldn't tell you. So I I have my headphones in, but uh, I guess my, my computer still synced to her AirPods. Like when she took them out of the case, my computer like, do you want to use these? It's like, what? Uh, okay. why are you asking me if you're just going to connect anyway? All
0: right. Well, this is kind of co-related, Reese. So we talked about DeAndre Hopkins and whether we need him or not. And we might not need him, Reese, because out of OTAs, there hasn't been a lot of news. But I think one thing that's newsworthy um, is the production and the uh, and the attention that the Ross twins are getting. Now, I know they're not twins, but we got Justin Ross playing well. And we also have John Ross playing well. Reese, let's let's break down both. So, Reese, give me the ceiling for Justin Ross in 2023 on this Kansas City Chiefs offense. In
1: 2023, or Justin Ross as a player? Justin Ross, the ceiling for this next year. Okay, so for 2023, I think Justin Ross has the potential to be an 800 yard receiver if he can stay healthy and make his way onto this team. I think if he can make it into the regular rotation and get back to even like a uh, former glimpse of what he used to be, I mean, that guy's got sticking for hands and he's got, you know, like the Madden QB vision. They like the Peyton Manning Madden QB Vision equivalent of like throw the ball just like within 15 yards of him he'll get a hand on it and come down with it. Uh, but like I said, all those injuries are a big question mark and how fast will get back up to speed if ever? The thing that sticks with me is this was back in... Oh, good gravy. This was either playoffs or shortly after the Super Bowl. There were some clips of Ross working out and he just looked so slow. I mean, just... I'm walking through molasses level slow. And I know he wasn't like an absolute athletic dynamo when he was at Clemson, in terms of he wasn't a burner, but he was a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, where if you throw the ball in his area, he can have two, three guys on him. He's coming down with it. It doesn't matter. Just get it in his area. And if Mahomes can have that as an option on third down in the red zone, I think he has the potential to be probably our. Tied for top three most valuable receiver this year with MVS... And Kadarius Tony, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and I I definitely agree with you
0: there. There's this part of me that wants to be hot takey and say that he's gonna like surpass Tony and be just, you know, an incredible star and that Andy Reid is just trying to downplay all the rumors that Justin Ross is gonna be great because he does that to particular guys that he knows that are gonna pop off. And like whenever he you know is saying a quote about them, he goes, Yeah, I think they're doing pretty well. We'll see what happens. And then has, like, four or five plays for them in the Super Bowl randomly, like, you know, out of nowhere... That's where my hope is. I don't even think that's the ceiling, though, for Justin Ross. Because, like you said, like in, at Clemson in his junior year, it was like some of the best—you know—it was some of the best football that we've seen in college. And I know in high school he was the number one recruit as well, coming out. So if we can get a semblance of that, you know, there's no better place for Justin Ross to succeed than in Kansas City. And again, his his body size very similar to Rasheed Rice, um, and it could be a
1: Uh uh, I'm seeing a no. Uh -uh. Where you getting, dude? Enough with Rasheed Rice being big. Rasheed Rice, we decided was like six one two hundred or something like that. I thought we said he was 6'3. Six, 6'3. Three. Six, three. In what world is he 6'3? Just com- Justin Ross is like 6'5. We just compared him to we just compared him to with Demarcus Robinson last week. You compared <laughs> him and I said stop with it. the stats? It's- They're both like 6'1, 200, or 203 or something okay, like that. Okay, Justin
0: Ross, 6'4, rashi Rice. <laughs> <laughs> Rasheed Rice, let's see. 6. Yeah, it's six one. Yeah, you're compa- okay. you're
1: comparing peel off here to like minute made extra rice or whatever it's called. Justin Ross is no, my 6'2". No, I, six-
0: I, 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 I have six two. I have six two. Dude, no, two inches off, Reese. Two inches, dude. That's like his pro wrestling for height. Only, Rashid- for only two inches, which is equivalent to a cup of coffee, you can donate. Uh, no, I'm just
1: kidding. Yeah, the Rasheed Rice listed as six two is his John Cena height. Rasheed Rice is like six foot and a half. Justin Ross, on the other hand, is every bit of 6'4", 210. He's my long-armed Redwood that I want Pat being able to throw jump balls to in the end zone where it's like he didn't even throw that well. He just threw that in the vicinity of the guy and he came down with it. Enough. I will do the biggest – I will do a whole six-pack cold snack take-back for Rasheed Rice if he winds up balling out this year and being Pat's go up and get a guy. I don't see that happening.
0: I mean, I'm just looking at 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 the pure numbers, Reese. I'm, ta- I'm talking pure wiki.com dot com numbers, and the the only difference is two inches. I for only for only for only two two dollars, right? Just a cup of coffee, right? It's it's the same type of measurement.
1: You, you know what? You know what? Rasheed Rice has to say about that. Hold on, I, I'm going to take oh a photo. No. of Rasheed Rice, oh no, not Rasheed Rice. Justin Ross says about that. Hold on. This is this is what Justin Ross says about your depiction of Rasheed Rice.
0: <laughs> I'm looking at that exact photo right
1: now. <laughs> He's like, "What?" <laughs>
0: That's pretty funny. Okay, okay, fine. I, I I won't say that. And that actually had nothing to do with my point. I was just thinking about it as we were talking about it. Um, but but just... starter car. <laughs> You you all should just see Reese just, like, mean mugging me right now, shaking his head. Dude,
1: you got Bowie barking in the other room now. He's like, what's this this thrushy rice
0: six-foot-two crap? Let Justin Ross cook. Let him cook. All right, fine. I I, I won't compare him because it has nothing to do with my argument. But, yes, I think the ceiling could be... You know, Patrick Mahomes, go up and get it, guy. We already talked about this on the podcast, and and Marquez Valdez scantleys not the go up and get it guy, and Justin Ross could be that guy. Um, not that that's a gadget move, but it could be his specific position, and and he could be great, right? Great speed, and even in OTAs and some of the film that we're seeing, like the ankle injuries seem to be gone, right? Like like we're seeing him do these short curl routes coming right back in incredible speed. I'm talking like elite speed coming in and then curling like it's incredibly quick so I think we can have a great season from Justin Ross I don't think that's the reality not because he's not ready but just because this room is very stuffy like there's just a lot of stuff going on right now and with like momentum from Sky more momentum from Rasheed Rice momentum from MVS like there's just there's a lot of things but to your point Reese this wide receiver room is one injury away from not having a ton of depth so we could see him plug in this is a perfect transition then for our guy John ross who realistically might he might not see a snap <laughs> like yeah. we might see him on special teams and be like damn who's that dude that's incredibly fast oh shoot that's john ross uh, but like reese said reese what is your ceiling on john ross let's let's do the scenario that um you know Rasheed rice pulls his hamstring or mvs something happens to that guy and john ross gets some uh get some first squads
1: man John Ross is gonna be interesting I think John Ross's best place on this team is as a special teams player that also gets his number called as a wide receiver actually probably not too dissimilar from what Justin Watson was doing last year in kind of the middle of the season when we didn't have a punt returner I think that John Ross's potential to be our best kick returner could field both punts and kickoffs well I mean, he field if you can feel if we ever anymore.
0: return kicks anymore
1: yeah right but also I think he's a good enough wide receiver that, you know, he he would have some value as our wide receiver four, our wide receiver five. I think one of the bigger competitions might be, you know, looking at John Ross versus Richie James, who you know came in uh, in the offseason last year along with his buddy Kadarius Toney. And I think they have a lot of overlap too, particularly in that. I think Richie James will be looked at as a special teams receiving threat. Uh, but I would say probably John Ross has got a higher wide receiver ceiling to him. So I think I'll I'll wait and see what those two do to each other and who makes it out of training camp alive. Yeah. Again, John Ross
0: is in the perfect position to succeed because we've seen a lot of wide receivers come from different teams and be able to really produce the Kansas City Chiefs. Kadarius Tony being one, um, who else am I thinking of? Um, I was just thinking of another player and he just escaped. He escaped my head. Justin Watson. Yep. Um, you know, both, both players, you know, had roles on their teams, but they were not good. Incredibly small roles, but, but, we see potential, right? John Ross is still a first-round player, right? We got drafted in the first round, and we've seen, according to reports and OTAs, we're seeing some first-round talent from John Ross. The mm-hmm. speed is still there. He ran a 4-2. I mean, that dude is a burner. You give him a play, you give you give Andy Reid a burner like that, a 4-2 speed, there's a play that can be whipped up for John Ross to get out into the open. Um, like we saw with Justin Watson. Justin Watson's not necessarily fast, but... But we saw, you know, a few plays here and there in the middle of the season for Justin Watson and he was open. So I feel like this is the perfect like third quarter. We're down, you know, a couple scores and and everyone is double teaming Travis Kelsey. And then John Ross comes out of nowhere and we make a play for him. So I really think he's in a really great position to succeed. He's on a team where he can produce. And like you said, it just takes one injury. And then we're going to see. I mean, that's the reason why we saw Justin Watson, right, and Watson wasn't supposed to be on the field anyway. We just had a lot of injuries um, on our on our team, so I I tr- truly do believe that this that this wide receiver room is still deep. Like I. Uh, Maybe it's not elite and we've talked about that before. I don't think there's a lot of top talent, but there's a lot of this middle tier talent that I feel like we that you can plug and play, you know, against the Ravens in week eight when, you know, so and so is down. I really wouldn't be concerned during those games and saying, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes can cook with John Ross. I think he can make some plays, and we've we've talked about that on the pod, and we talked about that on our on our text chain as well. You know, seeing the metrics that Patrick Mahomes can play against a good defense and he can play against a bad defense and he can also play with random guys so i'm excited for john ross i think out of out of the two i think we might see some more john ross than we do justin ross next year
1: i think that's fair to say too i think he's got less of an injury list than justin has i think one thing he touched down on in regards to the depth of this room is that yeah, you know he used to sorry Mahomes used to spam tyreek and travis kelsey that's because after him, I mean, the depth of the receiving options it was bad. fell yep. off a cliff.
0: It was it was your boy, Demarcus Robinson.
1: I mean, my boy, Demarcus Robinson, like Byron Pringle, they were Chris all, Conley. Chris Conley. I mean, those are all dudes who are like, oh, we like them. It's like, yeah, we like them, but like, are they actually good or do we just like them because they're our players? But you look at, the, I mean, you you go across You're you like look John
0: at our, Ross w- was drafted in the first round. You know what I mean? Exactly. Chris Conley was like I don't even know where Chris Conley was drafted, but not first round.
1: Yeah, they were all dudes that were like they, I don't know if they'd be on a team in the league right now if they weren't on the Chiefs, and that's been the case with By- Byron Pringle. I things has been picked up. I'm not mm-hmm. sure where Demarcus Robinson is after last year's uninspiring season. But you go across our team, you know, roster right now: Kadarius Tony, first round talent; Sky Moore, projected potential first round talent; second round receiver. Marquez Valdez Scantling, we at least know he's like a league average wide receiver with some upside traits. Ross, Rice, Ross, Richie James, even going across is like these are all guys that at least do something very well that have a high ceiling potential. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and a lot of these guys uh, that are coming from other teams that maybe didn't pan out well, these are guys that were high on Veach's list when he was drafting. I know that for a fact. I know Kadarius Tony was a guy that he had been looking at. Um we can also look at a guy like DeAndre Baker, who didn't pan out for the Chiefs, but another guy that like Veach said, look, these were guys that we wanted in Kansas City in the first round. We just couldn't get them. And it's not like they throw their draft prospect lists away. Like they keep tabs on these dudes. So I know a guy like John Ross is someone that, you know, Veach was probably scouting. He has a lot of info on this guy. And when the opportunity struck, he said, hey, eh, why not? If he works out, it works out. If he doesn't, he doesn't.
1: Yeah. And, you know, last thing I'll say about John Ross, and I'll, I'll leave it be, but, you know, his career, you look at who's been throwing to him. He had pre-Joe Burrow Cincinnati Bengals, and he had pre-Brian Dabble Danny Dimes throwing to him you're not going to do Brutal. much with either of those situations guys who was
0: even before was it the Carson who, who was in between Carson Palmer and Joe Burrow man so I don't even remember so he was on the bench. oh Andy Dalton I guess
1: <laughs> Andy Dalton would have been there uh gar, 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 gar. so Burrow was drafted what 2021 mm, yeah or 2020 so 2020 no I thought he did he win the national title in 2020 wasn't I co- oh you're right you're here? right yeah, yeah. So I, I couldn't even tell you, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see what Ross can do now that he has an actual coach and an actual quarterback in his corner. That's
0: a good point. And look at what happened with Kadaris Tony, same thing. <laughs> Had Daniel Jones and uh, it was Daniel Nose. Yep. Um all right. Well, who would have thought we would talk fifty minutes on John Ross? Yeah. Yeah. but here we are ladies and gentlemen Reese anything else you want to talk about before we before we wrap it up
1: uh, Man, I don't really think so I think I'm excited that OTA is underway not really hearing a whole bunch I don't think we will for another few weeks but yeah, I don't think so dude I was driving in my car today I'm just thinking like holy crap you know it's summer officially June is a couple days away before you know it, we're gonna be talking about training camp before you know it, we're gonna be talking preseason before you know it, we're gonna pre-season, be talking about yep. week one
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And Found City Sports Media will be here the entire time. We're going to have podcasts every week. We may go off the cuff. We may do some, you know, things that are not football related, not Kansas City Chiefs related, but you know it's going to be entertaining. You know we're going to bring the fire and the hot takes. But for now, we're going to sign off. This was great. Uh, Again, make sure you subscribe on Patreon, on Instagram, on Facebook. For only, you know, $2 a cup of coffee, for only two inches what's his name is taller than what's his name
1: dude Justin that's why he's got that Y in his name because Y is the tallest letter (laughs) Justin two inches baby two arms going up and getting the ball
0: (laughs) what makes a world of difference alright cool we'll see you next time everybody see you next week go Chiefs
1: we'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash F-C-S-M to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.